When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On this day, February the 1st, of course, it's the anniversary every year of uh, the underarm game of cricket uh, played at the MCG way back in uh, uh, February the 1st, uh, 1981. It was part of a New Zealand cricket tour that uh, started uh, in around about November and went right through until uh, late February. It was uh, like a, a marathon over there, but... As a young kid, you just loved every single second of it and never really expected that uh, towards the end of it, it would end in like turmoil. It was like war between two countries as a result of uh, this particular uh, decision um, by one player, um, not to break the rules, but to go against, uh, I think, the integrity of the game. I think that's fair to say. Uh, It was interesting. Uh, An interesting day out for sure. At the MCG, 52,000 people in attendance. Ian Smith is out, bowled Trevor Chappell for four, eight down for 229, and New Zealand's only hope now is a six off the last ball for a tie. Long discussion. Well, it looks to me as if they're going to bow underarm off the last ball. Rod Marsh is saying no, mate, but I'm sure he's going to bow an underarm delivery on the last ball and bow it along the ground and be sure that it has not been hit for six. The umpires have been told, the batsmen have been told, and this is possibly a little bit disappointing. Let's make sure it is an underarm, but I've got the feeling it's a big ex-Victorian skipper. They're going to bowl an underarm. They have believed it. And that's a disappointing finish. Disappointed Brian McKechnie, the crowd boom. And it's all over. After 50 overs, New Zealand, 8 for 229. When uh, McKechnie had to hit a six off the last ball, just to tie, mind you, not to win, just to tie, then the panic became real and uh, they made certain that New Zealand couldn't tie the match. Now, everyone around Australia will have their uh, own ideas on that and uh, we always get letters and phone calls about different things that happen, so I don't expect anyone to agree with me. Uh, I don't expect uh, that you get more than 50% agreement on anything. Let me just tell you what I think about it. I think it was a disgraceful performance from a captain who got his sums wrong today, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. We keep reading and hearing that the players are under a lot of pressure and that they're tired and jaded and perhaps their judgment and their skill is blunted. Well, uh, perhaps they might advance that as an excuse for what happened out there today. Not with me, they don't. I think it was a very poor performance. One of the worst things... I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Good night. <laughs> One of the worst I've ever seen on a... I mean, uh, ability to sum it up and when someone like that, 
the late Richie Beno says it like that. You kind of sit up and take notice, don't you? But uh, yeah, such a long time ago. People say get over it. Well, I was over. It, I was over it a long, long time ago, actually. And it's only just uh, a memory that keeps uh, surfacing every now and then, perhaps once a year. But uh, the other reason I, I thought John was um, we we'd play that today, and it was only out of coincidence, was. Uh, that Greg Chapel at the time probably would go on most people's list as their most hated sportsman, and maybe Trevor Chapel as well. Uh, maybe the, the Chapel brothers would have got two on the list, but uh, you would have thought that in particular Greg Chapel would make uh, the top four of someone's, but not uh, to this point. So far, yeah. we've got a lot of David Warners, a lot of David Warners, but. No Greg Chapel. No, is he going to be on your list? We'll have to um, find out at 20 to 12 when we do our Mount Rushmore of most hated sports people. But Smithy, take you back 41 years ago. You were obviously in the middle during that last over. No one had hit a six all day at the MCG. So why why would they decide to bowl an underarm when you need a six to tie to a number 10 batsman? It just doesn't make any sense. Was Greg Chapel under that much pressure as a captain? Because it was a deciding one day, wasn't it? Well, it was interesting because it was the same day that uh, Martin Sneddon caught him magnificently in the outfield, the very same day, uh, and he didn't take Sneddon's word for taking the catch, and quite clearly the catch was taken clearly. Uh, Martin Sneddon, we were out to celebrate, and uh, I, I distinctly remember uh, saying to him, you've got to go, I mean, you've got to take his word for it, uh, and he just stood there like in stone, he, he just didn't even acknowledge anything, he just basically said, look, he didn't say anything, he just stood there actually, he basically gave the impression that he wouldn't go in nowhere. Uh, so it was, it was quite interesting, I and mean, maybe you, you got a clue there of what kind of yeah. zone he was in, um, and uh, so that was a straight out umpiring blunder, both umpires had said they weren't looking at the catch, I mean what, <laughs> what? the hell are you looking at? What are you looking at if you're not looking at the catch? I'm, I'm sounding like I'm bitter again all over. Uh, but <laughs> he, he, no, I mean that, to me that was just appalling, hmm. um, and so anyway... Uh, so when later in the day you sort of sat down and thought, well, he, what, what kind of mood was he in? What, where was he? Uh, he might have been uh, in, a, in a weird one that day and, and not really um, uh, over the top of things. But a uh, big ground, a big ground, John. I'm, I hinted at it in the sermon, actually. Back in those days, the fence was the boundary, but you had it over the fence. These days, it, over the fence for six. You hit the fence on the full, it was four. And there's a big concrete drain around as well, just at the bottom of the fence. So if the ball went into that, that was four. Everywhere else, every other blade of grass on the MCG was live. Uh, so, And it was a massive expanse. If you stood out there in the middle and thought, how the hell am I going to hit one over the fence from here? You'd probably be, be dreaming. And not many people did back then. I mean, I remember Lance Kens went back uh, about uh, three years later and hit six or seven sixes. Um, Australians never have ever been able to get over that the immense power and strength and timing to be able to do that six or seven times in the space of ten minutes, let alone once in a whole day's play. And Brian McKechnie, um, great guy, I love him to death as a teammate, etc. Um, was never a power hitter, uh, couldn't hit it out of a shadow. To be fair, at times, and and um, you know the, the the thought of him trying to hit it uh, around eighty to ninety metres with one opportunity, even with a legitimate delivery, was was uh, the odds of that are like getting that multi in uh, America that you <laughs> yeah. talked about just before. <laughs> so, and he's a big-time player, Brian McKechnie. is involved in so much controversy uh, in two or three of the sporting matches he played in. But he was a, a man for the big occasion, but uh, even that was a full-on hope. And then, of course, uh, when they rolled it along the ground to him, that took everything out of play. So, I mean, it was, it was an interesting scenario where... Um, we were in the dressing room looking at the viewing room. Uh, the 
viewing room at the MCG in those days was uh, above the dressing room. So you go downstairs to get changed, etc., in the big, big changing rooms, and then upstairs to a smallish viewing room uh, where all the players congregated. And I couldn't quite work out what the fuss was about because I was the, the, the silly idiot that played the worst cricket shot in history and got out the ball before. Uh, and I was so actually just sort of going downstairs to reflect on uh, what I'd done wrong. Uh, when I heard all this commotion upstairs, so I ran up the stairs and uh, just got up there in time to see uh, what, had, what had happened. And there was all sorts of reaction in our dressing room to uh, amazement, disbelief. Uh, a few things went flying. Uh, and anger. Some guys were genuinely, uh, genuinely, um, uh, genuinely angry about the scenario. I don't quite know. I was just a kid, uh, really what was going on, to be honest. Uh, so we, we just reflected on that for a while and, of course, um, uh, most people uh, on both sides of the Tasman didn't agree with it. There were some that did. Uh, there was, uh, I think, one or two players on the Australian side that were uh, actually not that worried about the whole deal at all and some that were. Uh, but uh, I, I remember we, we sat in the dressing room for a long, long time after that particular thing. In fact, we'd, we'd probably, you know, the, the free beer kept coming in because uh, I think they felt sorry for us. Australian <laughs> board members came in to apologise. None of the teams mixed at that point. Uh, left in darkness. Um, and uh, as we were outside, we, we staggered outside probably about two and a half hours to three hours after uh, the particular game. We had no idea. Uh, we were just uh, sitting and looking inwardly within the dressing room, uh, talking about lots of things. But uh, when we went outside, there was still a multitude of people after all that time waiting for us outside. Uh, and they were carrying their bags to the minivans and things and, and apologising. And, wow. Uh, you know, a lot of people were quite emotional about the whole deal. So it was... Um, and it wasn't until we really got back to the hotel and even the next morning when the newspapers had the headlines, etc., and um, Prime Ministers got involved, we realised how big it was. Yeah. Uh, because Who were the Prime Ministers at the time? Yeah. Uh, uh, certainly uh, Rob Muldoon, Robert Muldoon. I'm not quite sure who the Australian Prime Minister was way back then. might have been Bob Hawke or someone even further back than that. Uh, but honestly, it is... Um, it is it is what it is. It was what it was. And uh, at the time, a lot of people were angry with Greg Chappell. Um, and a lot of people were angry, angry with Trevor Chappell. Trevor Chappell was a bit of a victim um, because it, it was actually the, the thing that you've, you've got to understand. It wasn't illegal. In Australia, it was not illegal to do it. It was uh, illegal in England. And that's why Jeff Howarth, as our captain at the time, ran down the stairs, ran past me actually, ran down the stairs uh, in his t shirt, socks, and his beige trousers out into the middle of the MCG to remonstrate with the umpires uh, because in England you didn't do it. And that's where he was playing all his county cricket, etc. Never even thought of doing being done here in New Zealand either. So he had no experience of it as such. But it was actually not an illegal act. It was just an immoral act. Uh, and so, yeah, it was... But, man, did it divide the nations. Holy uh, moly, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> one sporting event in time uh, involved with uh, New Zealand sporting teams that's Probably, I think, probably number one right up there um, with what has happened to New Zealand sport over the years. Day in, day out, those people who are my age or a little older or maybe just a little bit younger will uh, remember it very well. Uh, kids these days have no knowledge of it and they see a clip on the news, etc. every now and then and think, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> yeah. um, it, has, it, has, it has transcended time a wee bit. Yeah, absolutely. What about like McKitney uh, blocking it, throwing his bat away? What, what else could he have done? You know, I see 
people have tried to what reenact it maybe by flicking it up with your foot and then trying to hit it for six. But what was his mentality? What did, what did he say about it afterwards? Well, he's a fairly unflappable layback sort of a dude, Brian McKechnie. Uh, and so oh, I don't, I don't. He was just a, a bit nonplussed by the whole thing, really. Uh, we tried, uh, uh, we tried to get hold of uh, Bruce Edgar before because, of course, Bruce Edgar was at the non-strikers end on a hundred not out. A hundred not out in a one-day game back then was almost unheard of. A hundred not out, batted right throughout the innings and sat down the other end and watched those six balls unfold. Richard Hadley, incidentally, in the second ball, I think of that over got one of the worst umpiring decisions LBW I can imagine. It was just an absolute pitched outside leg stump shocker. And, and, but I was just, everything just conspired that day. Absolutely conspired. And yeah. it was just, wow, you just throw your hands up in the air and move on. Yeah, well, what happened um, when you got home? What, when you were trying to move on, and obviously you had moved on by that stage after a few beers and, you know, you, you leave the MCG and you leave it at that, and then you arrive back home in New Zealand, and it's like, a, a, you know, it's a political situation. Are you guys at the middle of it? Or were you, you know, interviewed about it? Were you in the papers everywhere? Were you on TV? What was happening? Yeah, I think a lot of people wanted to know the exact feeling within the team, exactly, and, and what had happened in the middle, and... How did you take it? So, yeah, a lot of guys went on radio stations like this and uh, a lot of people did do uh, interviews. Brian McKechnie, obviously, very sought-after uh, individual. Um, and what, what had happened, though, is that uh, it ignited cricket in the weirdest sort of way. Uh, it ignited cricket in this country. Um, we lost. We lost the series. Um, but, you know, it absolutely ignited the game here to the point where fringe people or people who really weren't that fussed on cricket could take it or leave it actually had genuine feelings about the game, particularly when New Zealand was playing and particularly uh, when Australia played New Zealand. And there was a record crowd the first time they came back over. They played at Eden Park. It was a record crowd. Um, I mean, they, they just could not control the crowd. In fact, uh, when wickets fell, the crowd ran on the park. It was just it was outrageous. Uh, compared to what the security levels are today. I mean, Red Badge would have had 100 heart attacks trying to control it. <laughs> and, 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 all, you know, and it was amazing. And when Greg Chappell came out to bat, some guy bowled a bowling ball out, uh, an actual That's bowling right, ball yeah, a lawn bowling ball. Yeah. From the terraces, yeah. And Jeremy Coney picked it up with a great sense of humour and lawn bowled it back. Um, it was, I mean, those days, uh, you know, the interaction was just quite incredible. But the feeling there at that time was fever pitch. Um, for New Zealand to beat Australia at, and absolutely everything. It was just, uh, it, was, it, was, it was cool to be part of um, and, and really weird. And, and every year about this time, people, um, it jogs people's memory. Yeah. And think, oh, Randy, what was it like? And did Greg Chappell um, ever take it a, back? Did he ever say, oh, you know, take, if I went back to that yeah. day, I, I wouldn't do it? Yeah, yeah, he did basically. He, he basically has over a period of time. He's apologised. Um, the thing about Greg Chappell is a hell of a guy. He's a good guy. Outside that day, very, very good guy. Tough competitor um, and, and a brilliant, brilliant batsman. Uh, he just lost his way, you know. I mean, we're all allowed a, a really bad day at the office, and when we do have a bad day, not that many people know. But when you have a bad day as the Australian cricket captain at the office, uh, a lot of people know, particularly on that world stage. And they... Um, they they really suffered because of that for he, he and Trevor for a long, long period of time and uh, something that will never, ever be forgotten. But what should be remembered is Greg Chappell was one of the finest batsmen during that era, one of the most immaculate players. 
uh, and he, he just he got it wrong. Um, it was interesting because he was booed off, uh, booed off the ground that day at the MCG. Uh, two nights later, we played the, the next match in those final series against uh, Australia at the SCG, and it was pretty much a full house there. He got booed to the wicket there by his crowd, and we wow. all thought, holy wow, hell, yes. that's big. He scored a magnificent 80 odd and got a standing ovation off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aussies, eh? <laughs> there you go. And they won again. So <laughs> oh, of course. That, is, that was basically uh, just another day at the office, John. The underarm, February the 1st, 1980. Oh, you tell it well, mate. NA 